Welcome to the Diva Racing Podcast. A podcast about the latest news from around the world. Each week, we deliver the best analysis of our industry news. This is the Diva Racing Podcast, and this is your host, Ryan Tong. Welcome, everyone, to a lovely Thursday morning here in Solihull, recording our second live podcast, and I'm joined by the great creator, Dominic Chapman. Hiya, Dom. Good to see you, Ryan. How you doing? Very good. It's been a quiet enough week. Yeah, uh, I suppose compared to uh, weeks recently, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's all gone a bit um, a bit tame, hasn't it? This week, but Jan Wellen's been declared, I believe, for uh, Friday. Yes, tomorrow you Toxeter second start. David England on board, cheap pieces on. Yep, we'll see if we see a bit of improvement from him. Yeah, hopefully it can have the desired effect. Um, I suppose you know it's it's never too straightforward for a novice having their first. You know, run over hurdles, is it? Um, but I, I think Ollie said that he's he's hopeful that it, it can you know draw some improvement out of him. So fingers crossed uh, that, that that's the case. A big big weekend ahead. We've got Marine One going to the Welsh Champion Hurdle on Sunday, yep. and we're going to touch on that later. We've got um, an excellent twenty minutes ahead of us. We've got Matt Chapman coming on the phone um, in the next couple of minutes, and yep. uh, we've also got Marine One's jockey, Colleen Leonard. Uh, star of the day at Market Raising yeah. three weeks ago. Absolutely, and he's probably absolutely buzzing to be to be back in the saddle, isn't he, on, on Sunday? So um, it's uh, yeah, exciting day, you know, once again, and and very much looking forward to it. Should be should be fantastic. So yeah, good good weekend ahead as well with Darvis Star, um, you know, winning last week, and then Champions Day on Saturday. So um, it's all. All a lot, a lot, a lot to look forward to anyway, and that, that's what we hope. It's uh, it's going to be a great week. Absolutely, yeah. Very much looking forward. And to we've it. got Matt on the line anyway. Hiya, Matt. Hiya, Matt. Yeah, morning, everyone. How are we? Yeah, very, very well. Heading off to Lingfield today, although rather frustratingly, I've just seen a bit of flash up near Red Hill, which means the journey will be extended. Ah, very good. So. Um, did you go to Paul Nichols's last week? Didn't go to Nichols. Was meant to go actually um, yesterday, but Paul Barber, who of course is Paul's boss, um, was very concerned about anyone from outside coming into the yard with all these new and more stringent COVID restrictions. So, for the benefit of everyone, it was it was basically called off, and I suspect there'll be less and less features certainly done on Sky for in the near future while the restrictions are as they are. So lots of lots has been happening over the the racing news this week. We've got um, Enable retiring and Pinatubo retiring. Yeah, I mean, look, Enable, I think everyone can understand. Uh, I mean, with her, you would hazard a guess that she's never really been quite as good as she was as a three-year-old. Um, she was absolutely fantastic when she won the Breeders' Cup. Uh, um, but it's been slowly, gradually downhill since then, I think you could argue. Um, but she's been a tremendous horse, three King Georges. You can't argue with that, even if this year was a pretty pants race, to be quite honest. But um, she still won it, and it's not her fault that no one else bothered to turn up. So three King Georges, but as I say, Two arcs were fantastic. The first arc in particular, she just tanked the whole way through. But for me, that Breeders' Cup turf will always be her greatest performance. She became the, the first to win it after 
Patreon. But more importantly, I mean, Cornwall absolutely tried to muller her all the way round. Um, they didn't succeed in doing so. Uh, she saw off magical. And you've got to remember that the, the art winner of 2019, Val was miles back in fifth in that Breeders' Cup surf was destroyed. So I think it was a brilliant performance. As for Pinatubo, I have absolutely no idea what Sheikh Mohammed has done with Pinatubo. It, it, it just sparks as one of the worst decisions ever. Um, Pinatubo has been, for me, fantastic this season with distinct signs that the best was still to come. Everyone, as far as I'm aware, thought the Breeders' Cup mile was absolutely going to be ideal for him as a, as a horse who just about gets a mile, but he's really good over seven. And the only reason I have found from anyone for the reason that Pinatubo is not going to Keeneland is that Sheikh Mohammed was due to go, but because of COVID, he's not turning up now. And he's kind of decided, well, I'm not turning up, so I can't really... As far as I can see, he doesn't want Pinatubo to run because he's not turning up, which, again, is just pants, isn't it? If that was the real reason. If he, I mean, no one suggested Pinatubo's injured. If he's not injured, I mean, I cannot understand why they've retired Pinatubo. It's one of the worst decisions ever. Champion two-year-old. Um, you know, I know he didn't didn't do the likes in, in his three-year-old career, but... I still think, you know, he's, he's got a great stallion career ahead. I'm joined by Dominic Chapman, who's joined us with us, uh, Matt. And uh, Dominic's got a great opinion on Pinatubo. Yeah, uh, hello to you, Matt. Um, I, I, Hi, Dom. I, I completely agree. I think the way he, he finished his race um, over in France the other day, the way he quickened, you know, well clear of Siskin, didn't he? Uh, and, and it seems almost so disappointing that following that, that there's so many questions that are going to be unanswered and, and we won't see him back on the track again. Yeah, I mean, the way the race was run in France, I mean, some people criticised James Doyle, but he tracked Joe Lange's horse, thinking that that horse would tow him in to the pace. And the simple truth of the matter is, the lackluster runner, run of the Lions horse was the thing that undid Pinatubo, because the Doyle... He was going to get a really good toe in, didn't happen, and suddenly he had mounted in the home straight. But yep. just the way the horse finished off was, was a joy to behold. And mm. I just think that horse had so much more to give. And, you know, he was probably never going to be quite as good a horse at three, four, five, whatever, as he was as a two-year-old, because he was just so far miles of everything clear as a two-year-old. You know, he's a better two-year-old than Frankel. Um, but... Yep. I still feel he had so much more to give and, you know, it's one of the most annoying things I think about horse racing is that are these horses race horses or are they breeding machines? Mm. Um, and obviously there has to be a financial implication, but to be honest, Pinatubo going to stud is not really going to affect Sheikh Mohammed's life much. Um, you know, he can go to stud next year, the year after, and still Dali will get their money from him. It just... It's just so disappointing. Like, people sometimes, I think, forget that the word is racehorse, which is something we'll not be forgetting here at Deborah, I can tell you that much. <laughs> so we'll stay on the flat. Um, we've got Champions Day on Saturday. You'll, you'll be there? Yeah, looking forward to Champions Day. Um, it's always a good day. The weather, you know, <laughs> again, it's a meeting where you can call it Champions Day if you like, and there are some champions turning up, but... It doesn't decide champions because whatever anyone says about all horses going on every ground and all that, 
we all we all know that underneath all that it is a nonsense and there aren't many flat horses who want soft to heavy ground so it doesn't decide champions but there are enough good horses on the card to at the very least get you excited and look forward to them the likes of Stradivarius Palace Pier in particular uh, Mishrif who many people thought should have been in the arc and David Egan who's the retained rider uh, being shoved off his retained horse by the owner. Where's the, loyalty, the where's the loyalty gone, Matt? Well, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not so fussed about the loyalty. Remember, a jockey's in Australia. They can win a group one one day and get jocked off for the next ride. It's, it's, it's that different in Australia. I think we get a bit pet up about loyalty. And if, if the loyalty was just all a lot less, then no one would get hot up about it. Do you see what I mean? It's like, in some ways, by getting het up about loyalty, then it creates a problem. Whereas, if people were just getting dropped off all the time, no one would cry over spilt milk. One day you'd be a winner and, and gain a ride, the next day you'd lose it. Um, so I'm not so fussed about that. Um, more stupidly, it's like, what's the point, if you're an owner, paying a guy to ride your horses, and then when it comes to the big race, the guy you've given, presumably, a retainer to, so you give you chuck Dosh at David Egan, and then you pick something, someone else on the big day. I mean, the only one who comes out of this flying, really, is David Egan, who's presumably got cash in his bank for not even turning up for the ride. Absolutely, Matt. Um, I, I was interested to get your thoughts on um, Stradivarius as well. Um, can you see him carrying on in, into next year, if even if he well, even if he wins on Saturday? I, I I see no reason why not. To be honest, if I was being Nilsson and he's been a very sporting gentleman, I would say to myself, okay, well let's do a do a Yates and go for four Gold Cups. Um, yeah. I mean, is there a stare out there that would scare you? No. Not in my book. There's nothing. So, at this moment, if the Ascot Gold Cup was in two weeks' time, would Stradivarius be an odds-on favourite? I would hazard a guess yes, mm -hmm. on, on relatively normal ground. Let's say it's good rather than the sort of really deep ground that's going to be at the weekend. But let's say it's, it's June and it's good ground. Then most of us would think Stradivarius would win. And, you know, he has no stallion value, really. I mean, he could become a jump stallion if that's what you want. But... You know, in terms of pure cash in the pocket, he's not making you an absolute fortune. And the Esco Gold Cup's worth a few quid, even if it's not worth what it once was. So, yep. again, it comes back to being a racehorse. Yep, absolutely. So we so we saw Darvis Star uh, winning over fences uh, first time uh, for Gavin Cromwell at Punches Down the other day. As you know, he started off one one nineteen last season, and now he's rated one hundred and sixty. How far can he go over fences this season? Well, he's, he's going a long way. The only thing I'd say with ratings, I mean, it would be interesting to see what Dominic thinks, but ratings this time of year are a bit crazy in my book. Um, you know, we have McFabulous win the other day, who's rated nearly, or he might even be rated 150. Well, you know, that's £20 off Champion Hurdle or Gold Cup class. But if he was in the Champion Hurdle or a Gold Cup, for instance, I know... I know we're clutching at straws in realism here because he's a, he's a hurdler at the moment. But, you know, would you fancy him to win those races getting £20? Well, I'm not absolutely sure you would. So, I, all I would say is that I've long felt that ratings come March are a very different kettle of fish to ratings in October and November. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that's a very a very interesting point. Um, when you look at the the two mile novice chasing uh, division map, I, I, I suppose you know ahead of the arc in March, which is, is obviously everyone's target. Uh, where, where do you see? Where, where's the? I suppose his biggest challenge coming from someone like Darvistar. I mean, I'm a big fan of of Shishkin, and I think that that he could look, you know, a scopey sort to go over fences. Would you agree with that? Definitely, definitely. I mean, look, I th- look that division for me is always a very competitive division. You really year in year out. Maybe when you get to the very very top, it becomes a little bit um, less competitive, but. Yeah for very obvious reasons, I think, because I think owners who have a pretty decent two-mile hurdler that can go chasing, you know, you can run a lot. You know, two-mile novice chasers, I don't think two-mile novice hurdler, say, who then can become a grade two or a grade three novice chaser over two miles. It's not going to be massively difficult to run up a sequence of two or three wins. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's easy to win anything. We all know most resources don't win a race. But what I'm saying is if you have got a quality two-mile novice hurdler who's already proven and won and, and you know it's a pretty decent horse, they are 150 plus, it's not difficult to rattle up wins over two miles over fences because mm. most of the time you're just going to outclass the opposition and, and the racing's not taking that much out of you. Eight, eight, eight fences, it's perfectly possible, you know, horses jump around in fields every day. I mean, you look at the, the, the betting for the Arkle, I mean, the big question will be Envoy Allen, won't it? If he mm. goes over further or is a two-miler, um, I mean, he looks an absolute monster. Monster is Charger when chasing. You know, you've got a champion hurdle class horse over fences there. So, right at the very top end, it, it's going to be competitive. Yep. But questions to answer... And, you know, Cromwell's a quality trainer. He's, he's a shrew cookie as well as a capable man with a good horse. As, of course, we saw with his champion hurdler, who might well have been an absolutely brilliant champion hurdler if he didn't sadly pass away. Mm. Yep. What about Princess Zoe going for the mare's hurdle or, or, or the stayer's hurdle? Um, you know, she's been a revelation over the, on the flat for Tony Mullins. What a great, great win in the Prix de Cadran. And she'll go hurdling now. And will she... Do you think she'll end up at the festival? Well, I mean, if she can jump, there's no reason why not. And I said it once, I said it again, like most horses can jump. It's perfectly natural for horses to jump. So when we all sit in front of the deli in a novice race and go, oh, if he can jump, boy, well, you know, horses are meant to jump, just like you, most humans can jump. You know, obviously, if you're 60 overweight, you're going to trip. But in general terms, when you're a kid at school, most of us jump over things. And most horses out in fields jump. Um, I mean, the story for me, this horse, obviously the horse is not amazing, but the story for me is Tony Mullins. I've always thought if you're a brother of Willie Mullins, it must be a pretty rubbish existence as a trainer <laughs> because you're constantly, you're constantly overshadowed by a man who's absolutely dominated every owner. And, you know, obviously you need to be a brilliant trainer, but the skill is to get all the top owners. And to get, obviously, he lost Jigginstown, but to be big enough to be able to ditch Jigginstown and still have McManus and Rich Rich and all these people in the mix. Has lost Graham Wiley, and of course, Willie Mullins has lost the Sullivan horses, the Paul Nichols. So it's not all rainbows, but, you know, 
coming back to Tony, one of the real characters of Irish racing, a man who speaks out publicly. He's a great fellow ever to have a Cheltenham preview night, particularly when he's teamed up with Davey Russell. They're a great team together. Um, he's just one of those really likable blokes, Tony. Um, and for him to have a good horse when, you know, if Prince Osoe hadn't come along, how much, how many more years would Tony Mullins have trained? Well, there was a rumour in the paper he was giving up actually about 10 months ago, just during COVID. And he quickly, I, I interviewed him on Sky Sports Racing and he quickly quashed that rumour. But, you know, you can only go on for so long as we've seen with John Ox. Yeah, yeah. John Ox, you know, a trainer of See the Stars, um, a great horse. Yeah, See the Stars from growing up for myself. He was, oh, fantastic horse, Don, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, the uh, the arc win re- really stands out. Uh, I know there's the, the Frankel comparisons, obviously, thrown around a lot, isn't it? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think anyone could quite envisage someone like Frankel coming so soon after See the Stars, could they? And, um, yeah, like you say, they're definitely the highlight of, of John Ox's um, training career for sure. We'll go on to Davy Russell, um, Matt, because uh, you just mentioned him there. Matt, Davy Russell and Jack Kennedy injured. It's a big time for Keith Donahoe, you know, rider of Tiger Roll in the cross-country races. It, it is. I mean, Russell, he'll bounce back, as he always does, Russell. I mean, just one of the most talented jockeys around. And I, uh, again, he's a bit, he's, he's sort of my my jockey equivalent to Tony Mullins, isn't it? I just think he's such a character. I've always said to people on Cheltenham preview nights when I'm there with Davy that, you know, a lot of people of a certain generation have read, have, have, um, read Dick Francis books, and Davy's just absolutely the jockey you'd have as your main character in a Dick Francis book for me. He's just he just fits every bill in that he's got the skill. He's a character. Quite happy to cash is important. You know, he's got lots to him, Davy. He'll be back. I'm worried about Kennedy, to be honest. Um, I hope he does come back, but. I mean, look, I'm sure he'll come back. But he has now had so many injuries from a very, very young age. Because he's still young. He's not like he's old at all. He's basically still a rising star, officially. Mm. But almost every time he comes back, he gets injured. And the person who had a very similar start to his career and really struggled after injury, after injury, after injury was Brian Cooper. And, you know... For me, they're very similar. Um, and Brian Cooper had the, had the main Jiggins Down job as well. Like, O'Leary likes to get people uh, looking at it. A lot of jumpers. There is a lot of over jumps that, that you know, since they're all 16, 17, 18, and frequently at that kind of age when you're trying to become a jump jockey is that necessarily a good thing for for later on in your life now everyone's going to be different everyone's bones are different everyone breaks in a different way but i do wonder with these like super talents like cooper and kennedy mm. whether one day they might regret those falls they had when they were just teenagers i was just about to mention brian cooper you know because you you're saying about jack kennedy there and i did Definitely think Brian Cooper in the same lines. And actually, Brian Cooper schooled our um, our only Irish horse at Gordon Elliott's this morning, Gloria Zoff, who runs at Sligo next week. So it was nice to see. And I think he's going to ride him as well. And he's a really talented jockey, Brian. I, I've always, you know, followed Brian and supported him as best I can. He, he would say that to you. Um, 
when he was off with a really bad broken leg quite a few years ago when uh, the old at the races had all the Irish racing. I remember I went to his house and interviewed him in the house. I think, although I may be remembering wrongly, I think at that time that he lived with Paul Townend, but it might have been Robbie McNamara. Uh, in fact, I think it was Robbie McNamara he used to live with. Um, but, you know, he's always, he's an incredible talent. But whether those falls have had their effect, only Brian could really tell you. And to be quite frank, he's very unlikely to ever tell you. So we've got Marine One go, running on Sunday uh, in the Welsh Champion Hurdle. He you know he had his eye like three weeks ago uh, with Colleen Leonard, Leonard on board at Market Raisin. He goes for the Welsh Champion Hurdle. Have you had a look through the card? I had a quick look. You know, it's a handicap, isn't it, the Welsh Champion Hurdle? So, you know, technically it's up for grabs. And, and Marine One, look, if Marine One never won another race, he's doing well, isn't he? He's, like, he's been an absolute legend for Diva. Um, you know, when you run a racing club, what you want is a horse that wins, obviously, because you want to keep your people happy. Um, but you also want a horse that advertises the club and makes, you know, people look at it. And, and from every aspect, that horse has done everyone really well, I think. So Captain Tomcat as well next Friday. He goes to Cheltenham. He's won his last two. Um, we is ITV covering Cheltenham next week? Uh, ITV, crikey, Brian! You ask me questions, I I barely know what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? ITV are, but you won't believe this. Although actually, I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, usually, I do the morning show every Saturday, but I've been taken off the morning show at Cheltenham on that morning. And I'm doing Doncaster, which means I, suspect, I presume it's Bureau Race at Doncaster. Um, because obviously all, all our work is different now, just like with everyone else's these days. Um, uh, you know, everything, everything, everything's different. So, um, so I'm going to Donny. So I won't be at Cheltenham. I'm gutted, to be honest. But oh. I think Ruby Walsh is on the morning show. Oh, well, you know, they, he's not as good as you, Matt, is he? <laughs> well, We'll end it on. So yeah, just end on Diva Valley. You know, actually, I must just mention. I must just mention Martin Harley, yeah, because this is my theory with this kind of thing. Like Martin Harley rode a horse for John Gonson at Ascot. I think it was called Golden Rules, um, and it should have won. Okay, got stuck, but it should have won. Um, he then a week later went to Donny, uh, went to York, uh, was it, and rode a logician who was beaten at two to seven and ran an absolute shocker. Yeah. And then he turns up in Gulliver and gives it four over what he should or five over what he should. Now, for me, that probably deep down, I think in his position, he'll have been thinking, I'm just not going to let this one go. But I've always said it, the rules are wrong, you know? Mm. Dino's Bino needed five backhanders just to start. Yeah. Um, other horses you touch with the whip, they don't want to run. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, it's very easy for people just to say, oh, well, ride within the rules or whatever. But every horse is different. Yep. And therefore, to have a whip rule, which we know the idea of the whip is to help steer, but also to encourage a horse to run. Yeah, because, mm. you know, like, like anything, like horses aren't just going to run. Like whatever people say about wild animals and all this, yeah, they are. But they're not going to run just for the for the sake of it in a race unless they're persuaded to some of them. Mm. So, you know, it's ridiculous to have the same whip rule for a horse who doesn't go any quicker for having the whip 
and then having the same whip rule for a horse who does go quicker. I mean, you just you just cannot have one rule for, for all horses with the whip. And yeah. until the powers that be understand that and realize that if you give one horse 10 slaps, it's no different to giving another horse one slap. And it all depends on the ferocity of those slaps as well. Like two slaps from, and I'm picking her out just unfairly here, but two slaps from Megan Nichols compared to five slaps from Kieran Fallon Sr. obviously are completely different as well. So for me, the wit rule is just such a shambles. Yep. And so down to perception. And that perception isn't even a problem anyway. We create that own perception. It just drives me mad. Anyway, that's the podcast done and dusted for another three weeks. <laughs> what's going what, to happen? Cole Bar so high, you know, what's going to happen? He believes disqualification is the only means for, this, for, for the jockeys if they don't meet you know, within the rules, and what's going to go on? How can he, you know, yeah. go further with this? It's just nonsense, isn't it? I mean, it's just nonsense, because A, he's assuming the whip made Gulliver go faster, but, you know, what if it made Gulliver go slower? I mean, you just can't prove this, and of course, with law, it's impossible to prove. So it's just a complete and utter waste of money. Uh, maybe it will bring pressure on the BHA, but in if, if you actually look at it like a sensible human being, like, you know, this guy enters his horse under the rules of racing. He knows the rules of racing. You can't then go and cry to a call after the, after the race because you don't like the rules of racing. I mean, it, you, he cannot win this case, ever. Yeah, full stop. In fact, I'd be amazed if it ever got to court because anyone, any judge would just laugh at you and just say, well, hold on. Excuse me, sir. Did you enter your horse under the rules of racing? Yes, I did, sir. Okay, goodbye. I mean, it's like yeah. there's, nothing to, there's nothing to talk about, is there? And... You know, it's just, it's just crass. It's crass, it honestly is. I mean, I, I like the spirit of the guy. The fact he'll take on the BHA, I quite like that. But, but it's, he's completely and utterly wasting his time because this sport is run by an organisation. You know, you can't suddenly move the penalty spot in football because you don't like the fact it's in the middle of the goal. <laughs> well it'd be it'd be interesting going forward seeing seeing actually what happens there so um but just to end the podcast disqualification would be the worst disqualification guys would be the i don't know what dom thinks but for me it would be the most stupid stupid way to go lots of lots of rules are broken in lots of sports mm. but you don't completely change the result yep. i mean you know in football then when you change a when you send a player off, just give the other side two goals and let them win the game. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, that's the the extremity of what people are asking here. I mean, it's just, it's just, every, rules are broken all the time. Well, you, all you're the, the time. man that knows I that, mean, Matt. How many? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I completely agree with you, Matt. I think, like you say, you hit the nail on the head. Every horse is different. Um, and and the whips there to to help to steer and to encourage and when every horse is 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 different from from one to the other to have one rule just it, it does seem ludicrous. I'm I'm completely on board with you with that one. I mean, it's just it's it's just it would be just so rubbish. And you know, I've said it once. I say it again. You know, it's a phrase I'm repeating a little bit on the show. <laughs> but it's like you know, at some point you just have to stand up for your sport. Yeah. I mean, this idea, this public idea, is just non. No one is discussing it anywhere. <laughs> There's no one in the world today walking around their supermarket discussing the whip rules. It's, it's just a nonsense. 
And then people say, oh, well, we want to attract new people into the sport. Well, more people go racing than ever before. It's it's like if 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 you don't like the whip on a horse, then go and watch football or rugby or cricket or something. Yep. But trust me, there will still be loads of people who love horse racing. Attracting people into the sport, you know, we'll end it on Diva Value. It's a great way to get into racehorse ownership for a one-off low-cost, Matt. Well, that's why I'm on this conversation, because, you know, I, um, I'm absolutely behind any organisation, anyone, who wants to bring people into the game for not an awful lot of money. And, you know, I've said it to you before, Ryan, while some people will say, oh, well, you can't go and see the horse, but it gives you an interest. It gives you something to look at. It gives you... It gives something for your mind just to tick over in these very, very weird times where there's almost nothing enjoyable that you can go and do anywhere. There's just, I mean, almost everything that is enjoyable has been taken away from us now. So, you know, at least this is a little bit of an escape for not a lot of money. I, 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 you know, I know any money at the moment is a lot of money to some people. But if you do have a, just a little bit of excess, and you want to have an interest in something and you want to wake up one morning and think, oh, a bit of my, bit of my horse runs this afternoon. Even if you can't go, at least you can enjoy the build-up on telly and watch your race and be part of other people and chat to them about it afterwards. Just just to be do, able to do something is just, for me, good news all round at the moment because there's very little we can all do. Thanks so much, Matt. Enjoy your day and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Great to speak to you, Matt. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, cheers, lads. Good luck to everyone. Have a good day. Bye-bye. So there's Matt. There we go. Plenty of really interesting insight. Um, you have to say, uh, I suppose Matt's, um, he, he's, I suppose he's, he's, he's divisive, isn't he? But I think you have to appreciate that he's very, very, um, he, he's very strong in his opinions and what he says. And um, I've, learned, I've, I've learned a lot from that phone call. Have you? Well, I have to believe, you know, I know Matt with Diva. Um, yeah. I'm going to have a bit of a biased opinion, but I have to be <laughs> honest, he's got a, a great opinion with yeah. racing. And, yeah. um, you know, I think next week we will go back on how he actually started into racing because it's yeah. very interesting to hear how Absolutely, he used yeah. to manage the jockey Daryl Holland. Yeah. Know, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just got an excellent opinion on racing. And um, sometimes, you know, people think he's this uh, loud guy, you know, <laughs> on the TV that's there all the time. But I suppose you know, John McCrick was like that, wasn't he? So. Yeah. And um, you look back and you think, you know, John McCrick, he actually, now you look back and you think he was, he was brilliant for the sport. And yep. now Matt's actually trying to give that um, mm. with, with, with himself, you know, in this, in yep. this day and age. And I think it's working and it's just great for Matt, you know, I, I believe those opinions are, are quite right. So absolutely, absolutely, completely agree. Uh, I think the, the horse racing media in in general is just absolutely brilliant. You know, um, met met Luke Harvey um, a, a couple of weeks uh, so just before uh, Cheltenham started, and uh, yeah, he was brilliant. So um, yeah, big respect for them all. So we're going to be joined by Colleen Leonard, you know, rider of Marine One. Hi, Colleen. Hi, Ryan. How are things? Very good. You're off racing today. You're you're at Wing Canton, aren't you? Yeah, I've won in Wincanton in the first, so yeah, half racing now. So you've, you're looking forward to Sunday, so we've got Marine one. Uh, you worked him the other day, and how's, how's he feeling? How's he going? Yeah, um, he's in great form. He came out of that race. He's, uh, his confidence has gone through the roof. Um, I'm going into this race very confident. Obviously, it's a hot enough handicap, and it's always going to be. But um, yeah, no, I'm very confident, and uh, he's in great, great form. 
I'm joined by uh, Dominic Chapman here, and he, he's got a few questions to ask about the opposition. How you doing, Kalei? Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm good. You? Very well, thank you. So, uh, uh, obviously, looking at the card, what? Where do you think the the, the main danger is coming from for Marine One? Yeah, look, you have Bally Andy there. Is obviously it's a, a big threat, and you have Tom Simmons as a song for someone, and Alan Kings. They're all they're all very high in uh, in the handicapping. Yeah. They're all, everyone, everyone, um, yeah, they're all one to look look uh, look out for. But yeah, we go in with with a right chance, and I'm very hopeful. So you think Foss Lass, two mile round there, a bit of gallop, more of a galloping track, and I know the ground's drying out. I think it's good to soft now. Is there any negatives or positives there that you're taking out? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, from from the last day when I rode him in um, Market Race, and he just felt like he he needed a galloping track. Um, so Foss Lass will definitely suit. Um, and the forecast until Sunday is very good. So yeah. It's, uh, good stuff now will suit us and it might even change to good we, we don't know the main thing is can you can you do the weight Colleen I know you're you're, you're quite <laughs> tall and as you're sponsored by uh, Diva first ride for Diva you won on um, you know tall lad can you do the weight yeah I've been busy enough recently so it's a, the weight's not an issue at the minute thank god um, such wood but yeah no, no weight's not an issue with me thank god it's not something I worry about so would you would you normally go for a run around the track before you race, or you go in the sauna? Um, yeah, well, obviously the sauna is gone now, so um, I wasn't a big fan of um, using the sauna anyway. I don't I don't really like the sauna. Um, I'd usually have the weight done and dusted by the time I get racing, so I can just relax and walk the track then and and uh, just feel the ground. And yeah, no, I like to be relaxed when I go racing. I don't like to be rushing around jogging the track or anything. I just like to like to walk and down a little bit about yourself you know you come from ireland and uh you've you, you've done well since you've come over here i know you started with ollie murphy and uh you've had a nice nice season with dr newland already um how did you get into racing yeah um i had uh i have an uncle there that has a few horses he had a thoroughbred when when i was 14 15 and i kind of took interest in it there so i signed for a racing school over in ireland which is a year course um, and I completed that. I went to King Condon's and got plenty of experience, but my weight went up. Um, I was only about eight stone at the time, so yeah, my weight went up then, and I went to Willie Mullins's for a year, um, gained loads of experience, and took out the license then for Pat Fahey. Um, and yeah, no, enjoyed my time with Pat Fahey. Came over to Ollie Murphy for a year, enjoyed my time there. Um, yeah, no, it's a very competitive yard. Ollie's, uh, there's lots of jockeys in there and everyone very hungry for rides. So I decided to move to Richard Newlands then last year. And, yeah, no, it seems to be a great move for me so far. Me and Richard now get on great and we have a fine partnership there that I hope continues. So you've had Mason Jar, Mr Muldoon, some great wins and then, you know, Marine won your highlight. You've got next week to look forward to as well. Captain Tomcat at Cheltenham on Friday. Um, have you sat on him recently? Yeah, yeah. I I, ride, I actually ride the two of them out um, most days. Um, yeah, and they're both going as well as each other. Uh, Tomcat's in, in, in great nick at the minute. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to Cheltenham. So I suppose from, uh, Killian, from uh, a course perspective, obviously since you've come over from Ireland, 
Uh, everyone talks about Cheltenham and, uh, and wanting to get a winner at Cheltenham. What's the course that, that you kind of you love riding around the most and where you would look most like to get a winner yourself or, or have won at in the past? Um, I I really enjoyed Ascot last year. I find mm. it a lovely track to ride around and, and I had a great bit of luck around there last season. So, yeah, no, that's a, a track I really um, I really enjoy. Another one that I haven't had a winner is Aintree. I yep. Another great track to ride around, but yeah, no, haven't been lucky enough to ride a winner yet. So um, hopefully, you take that one off. Sean. Absolutely, and I suppose this this sort of time of year, you know, with the national hunt, uh, I suppose taking priority o- over the flat, it's almost like Christmas for you, but as a, as a national hunt jockey, isn't it? Yeah, I've been looking forward to this now for a while. Um, as the ground softening up and racing starting to kick on now, there's there's a lot more meetings nowadays, and um, yeah, no, it's great to. I, I've had a few winners now, so it's boosted me up. And mm. yeah, no, looking forward to the season ahead. Um, hopefully, be a busy one. Yep. Best of luck today, anyway, Colleen, and uh, we'll see you Sunday with Marine One. Fingers crossed. Yeah, perfect. Thanks very much, Good lads. Speech, yeah, Colleen. I'll see you on Sunday. Yeah, nice to speak to you. Cheers. See you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye now. Bye. That's uh, Colleen. There we go. Diva's own. Nice guy. <laughs> he's uh, he's been great since uh, we started sponsoring him and. Uh, you know, I have to be honest, you know, he works very hard whenever I go into Dr. Newlands. He's always uh, picking up a broom and mucking yeah. out before anyone else is there. And, um, there you go. and he, you know, he deserves every success yeah. um, he gets. So, yeah, big ride on Sunday and hopefully a big week ahead for Diva. That's, that's, pro- it's probably the, I mean, I know obviously you've got the, the Persian War um, that, that we saw at, at Chepstow um, last week, but it, the, the Welsh champion hurdle does seem like the first real sort of big, Race of you know seeing these familiar horses you know the big names you're looking at Bally Andy I think raid 154 I mean if if all those horses turn up it's it's going to be some race isn't it Oh hell of a race and 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 and, and as you say for Diva you know that that is just mm. this is where we want to be racing on these yeah. big days and mm. it gives us every chance as well the Welsh champion of forty thousand pound race and also is a handicap which is even yep. better um, because it suits us we're rated one three two. Uh, Colleen taking seven pound off, and I think yep. uh, Ballyandy's got to give us two stone. I think so. Yeah, it's it's, yep. it's a hell of a, a lot of weight, and um, let's see. We'll we'll soon find out, and we'll yeah. talk about that next week. He's on the, the inform horse, though, isn't he? You know, like you said, and, and race fitness. What kind of edge do you think that can give you going into a race like that, where you're not carrying as much weight? You've had plenty of runs, uh, you know, in in the build up, a, a listed win, constantly on the up, constantly improving. You know what kind of advantage is having that race fitness as well, like even against a horse that, that is rated, you know, twenty two pound higher. I definitely think it's a huge, huge positive, and and I actually believe, you know, Marine's coming to his peak fitness. He's a yep. big horse. He's took a while just to just to get fit, and I think the last day he, he he was spot on, and I think he is, like Colleen said, working very well now. And mm-hmm. that that slight edge of having previous match practice you know yeah. very recently um unlike Ballyandy who hasn't ran for for the last six months mm. or, or maybe even longer yeah um and normally he's, he's come on for the reappearances anyway mm. um you know it's gonna it's gonna come come to terms with us and mm. uh, it's gonna be a huge positive for us and I think you know if we're ever gonna beat Ballyandy <laughs> I think it's our only chances on Sunday <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go but did you say that he was the um the first Frank, uh, Frankel Fall to, to win over hurdles. Yeah, um, um, stakes, yeah, stake, yeah, first stakes winner over hurdles, which yeah. is, you know, a hell of a performance. Um, we picked him up from Dennis Hogan, and 
he's just been a revelation and 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 that's it and that's what we like for the owners and mm. that's what we aim for with diva so um you know hopefully you never know we might even get to graded company but absolutely we yeah. can keep the dreams alive absolutely <laughs> or, or going forward obviously now you might even get a, an enable fault you never know well that's it you know enable you know who she's going to kingman well, i think kingman. Isn't it? yeah god i mean the that that's just got the making of a future you know, Group One star hasn't it? Mm. Oh well, you know. I mean, but that's two two you know phenomenal names, aren't they? There, just imagine Franklin and Unable together, like <laughs> literally. Just end racing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that is it. You just think, what is going to be the next? Yeah, you know? exactly. It's yeah. going to be a Sea Biscuit, maybe. I don't well, know. Exactly. Yeah, ex- absolutely right. I, I think I saw there's a lot of people rubbing their hands at the at the idea of that, isn't there? Well, it's great to speak to you, Dom, and we've yep. had a great. Great Absolutely, chat with yeah. Colleen and Matt. And yeah, fantastic. Best of looks to them both. Obviously, you know, Matt for the, the, the season and the media coverage. Like I said, he does the miles, doesn't he, for at the races and ITV. And obviously yeah. for Colleen as well. Um, I think it's only only one ride today at Wing One Canton. ride at Wing Canton, But obviously, yeah. fingers crossed for, for Foslas on Sunday. And, and hopefully, Marine One can make the frame. If not, you know, win once again. And listeners, we've got Dr. Newland and uh, Ollie Murphy on next week for uh, the podcast, who's going to join myself, Dom and Matt. Um, So please do go and listen and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Diva Racing Podcast. A podcast about the latest news around the world. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. And we hope you had fun along the way. We know we did. Make sure to visit the website at www.divaracing.com. Till next time, this is the Diva Racing Podcast, signing off. <laughs>